1: Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. I am your host Bodie, and this is your Tesla slash EV slash solar slash Today SpaceX and giraffe podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Hey, you know what? Actually, um, I do mean that sincerely. Our numbers have jumped significantly, uh, which, you know, significant when you have almost none and you go into the double digits. That's pretty good. Pretty good. I'm pretty excited about that. I also want to thank everyone from the United States that listens. Of course, that's where I live in the country of the United States. Um, But we also have listeners in the Netherlands. So hello, Netherlands. Actually, uh, my heritage is Dutch and English, which is weird because we also have listeners in the UK. So thanks very much. As you can tell, my cold, or maybe you can't. My cold is better, but it's still not great. And, uh, yeah, quite honestly, uh, I don't know what to do about this thing. I, I'm going on a month here, um, but, uh, went for a jog the other day and my wife was like, when I got back, my wife was like, you look like crap. And I looked in the mirror and I was like pale and sweaty and took a shower and I was still pale and sweaty and it's good stuff. Hopefully, um, I won't be too much of a mouth breather today, and with any luck, um, I won't have the sniffles or any of that other crap that goes with that, but I do have my coffee here, so hopefully it won't make too much noise when I'm drinking to keep everything lubricated, as it were. So, yeah, um, but again, seriously, thank you guys very much for listening, um, at first I was like, why is nobody listening? There was like one person, and now uh, there are tens of people, which is awesome. And I'm really excited about that. It's not a lot, but it's a start, and I'll take it. I'm not afraid. So we have a very big show, because I realized uh, I missed the show, and I was sick, and before, and I was missed the show, and then I was sick, and so I want to make sure uh, we have a nice full show today, and I'm going to keep the rambling to a minimum. Hopefully. So here we go. 12 stories. First story is from Electric. Uh, Fred Lambert, who I think, this guy's awesome. He's very, I mean, he writes for a bunch of different publications, like 9to5Google, 9to5Apple, and something else. And Electric, I think he's kind of the head guy over there. I don't know. But he writes a lot of stuff. So um, Tesla's head of global communications uh, left earlier this year. I think in February, something like that, and that gentleman's name was Ricardo Reyes. He left, um, and this isn't the first time he's left Tesla. He left Tesla, went to Square, and then got hired back at Tesla. So, what this guy probably does, just like a lot of people do, is they get the stock, it vests, and then they move somewhere else, and they're just collecting stock from all these tech startups. These, and unicorn, uh, not unicorn, and uh, Tesla stock right now is just under two hundred dollars a share. So. You know, this guy just might be pad in his pockets. Who knows? But, um, let's see. Coyote, I hope I'm saying that right, Brooklyn, took over for Reyes uh, when he left. But it turns out Miss Brooklyn is now leaving Tesla. Now, it doesn't say where she's going, but in the past, she had followed Reyes. Uh, she got hired at Tesla around the same time in 2009 as Reyes. And in the past... Um, She had gone to Square with him and then come back to Tesla with him. So it's hard to say if he went somewhere else and then he's like, "Okay, come on over, Miss Brooklyn, or if it's just a coincidence and she went somewhere else. But uh, what's interesting is Tesla's PR department only has like, you know, four or five people, three, four or five people. And Tesla doesn't do any advertising, so they really rely on their PR department for... Uh, word of mouth. And for the most part, I mean, Elon Musk is, does a lot, goes a long way to promote his own company, of course. But for the most part, uh, the, Tesla's PR is pretty good. So, um, and we actually have a story about that in the uh, coming up. So um, I wouldn't read too much into it, uh, but it is interesting. And it's also kind of interesting that it's such a small department, but who knows? I mean, maybe they're just really efficient. Get a drink here. All right. Next story is from Dana Hall from Bloomberg. Bloomberg, Bloomberg, Bloomberg confirms Elon Musk uh, has sent out an email encouraging employees to buckle down, work hard, and cut expenses. Turns out that Tesla is on the verge of a profitable quarter. Now, why is this important? Well, because they're trying to raise money to finance the build of the Model 3, which <clears throat> I think the last number was like somewhere around 400,000 pre orders. That's a lot of pre orders to get done, and production starts July of next year, 2017, according to Elon Musk. So, and that's, you know, provided that all of the. Um, Uh, suppliers are ready to have parts to them by that time. Um, Yeah, so kind of interesting. It's neat. Um, I like to see that Tesla's close to becoming profitable. And it'll be um, interesting to hear what happens uh, during this, at the end of the quarter when they have their uh, financial report. Because if they are profitable, that might just send the stock through the roof. Which, like I said, it's already at $200. That's pretty high. So, next story. Man, we are cruising along through these. I'm glad I picked 12. I thought it was going to be way too long of a podcast. So, speaking of PR, Business Insider. This came from Matthew DeBoard. Tesla is rolling out six Model Xs pulling Airstream trailers. Now, if you don't know what the Airstream trailer is, it is one of those really cool looking... Um, they're not old style, they are old. I think they're, somebody bought the name and is remaking them now, but, uh, they're the teardrop shaped trailers. I don't even know if that's even a, maybe raindrop shaped trailers. They're like round from front to back and then flat on the bottom. So Tesla has six of these Model Xs pulling Airstream trailers. And the idea is to make the Airstreams into mobile design studios. So the Teslas are, um... This design studio's this whole outfit, is staffed by Tesla employees, potential customers can see the Model X, and then a friendly Tesla assistant team member can assist them in designing their own Tesla. Uh, if you want to request a visit from one of these cool Airstream Model X Tesla pull-in machines, um... Just go to Tesla's website and request I don't know where, I didn't see on the article Where exactly Tesla was doing this So I don't know if you're in like Wisconsin, they'll send somebody out To Wisconsin, I don't know But you can request a visit All right, Number I don't know what number this is, four This is from Electric Fred Lambert And uh, Morgan Freeman's Soothing voice Praises Elon Musk and Tesla. Turns out Morgan Freeman. I didn't know this, but I love that guy. He's awesome. Uh, that whatever he's selling, I'm buying. So Morgan Freeman is a st- Tesla stockholder, and in a CNBC interview, he admitted to checking Tesla stock on the movie sets while he's on set uh, during uh, breaks because he really wants to. Uh, he wants to see. Well, he, he's a stockholder, so he wants to check his stock. And I don't know how much he owns. He didn't say how much he owns, but I'm assuming it's going to be a lot. But he's a big believer in Elon Musk. And he is a, um, not only is he a big believer, um, he's a fan of Elon Musk. And let me see if I can find, because there's a quote here that I had and I lost. Hold on one second. Pull it up. So this is what he said. I own Tesla. I'm a huge fan of Elon Musk. I think he's got an incredible forward-thinking, I think he's got the most incredible forward-thinking ideas about where we can go technolo- technologically. What he's done, nobody else has ever done. He has landed a rocket ship, so it can so it becomes reusable. You know what a feat that is. So I'm not, I uh, should have said that in my best Morgan Freeman, but I'll spare you that. But that's cool. Somebody as cool as Morgan Freeman, who, by the way, I used to watch on The Electric Company as a kid, which is awesome. Um, somebody as cool as Morgan Freeman is a fan of Elon Musk. That's just awesome. Uh, there's also, um, if you go to the Electric website, and I'll put a link in the show notes. If you go to the article, there's a little story. Uh, well, Let me see if I can pull it up here. Do 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 do. It's the paper. Bush league right now. I don't know why it is, man. Whenever I start doing this podcast, my nose starts getting plugged up, and I get more, and I just get the sniffles, and I feel terrible because I'm like breathing like a buffalo into your guys' ear, and I'm sniffling. Let's see, will this play over the brain? Hey, it he does. So, this is a uh, man versus the universe. Which sounds mad, I know that.
0: No, it uh, doesn't sound yeah. mad. It, it, <laughs> just, it just sounds difficult.
1: Yeah, very difficult. So,
0: what is it about Mars that makes it even plausible?
1: Well, um, in Mars, this is similar in a lot of ways to Earth. Uh, certainly, uh, one would call it a, a fixer upper of a planet. But it's it's possible uh, to establish um, uh, life as we know it on Mars, and if you just if you if we were to warm Mars up um, and, uh, and and then convert the carbon dioxide atmosphere to oxygen, which plants do naturally, um, then over time we could make uh, Mars uh, look a lot like Earth. So that was a little interview from. Uh, the science channel, I think. Um, man versus the universe. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that is awesome. I don't mean to be too much of a fanboy because I don't want to make it sound like I'm a huge Elon Musk fanboy, which I am. But, I, you know, he's a person. He's a multifaceted person with three dimensions. He's not just the guy you see making product announcements. But it's cool to see Elon Musk and Morgan Freeman together talking about, you know, colonizing Mars. Awesome. So I'm going to uh, find that whole episode and watch that on my own. And I would encourage you to do the same. Next up, kind of an information thing, is it's Drive Electric Week. So September 10th, which is tomorrow, through the 18th, is Drive Electric Week, sponsored by Nissan, by the way. But it's to raise awareness of hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and electric vehicles. If you want more information, go to Week org and uh it's probably too late this year but you can actually if you want to host an event you can do that too uh, electric again weird i get a lot this guy does fred lambert does such good stuff i don't i mean if i can gush all over him like i've gushed all over elon musk it sounds gross right if i could praise him like i've praised elon musk and morgan freeman just a second ago uh just tons of stuff. Anyway, so AAA has a program. AAA, if you're not aware, if you don't live in the States, is a program. is a uh, It's kind of like an insurance. You pay 90 bucks a year, and if your car gets a flat, they come out, and they'll change your tire for you. If you run out of gas, they'll bring you gas. And if you need a tow, they'll give you a tow and stuff like that. So it's kind of like an insurance for just those unforeseeable car things that happen. Um, If you get locked out of your cars, they'll send a locksmith out, that kind of thing. And it either costs you nothing or very little after you've paid the $99. So they have a program to charge stranded electric vehicles. And they've actually had this program, which is pretty incredible, since 2011. Um, They receive thousands of requests for service, which is, you know, normal for internal combustion engine services that they have, which include you know, lockouts, all the stuff that I just said, is around 500000 a year. So thousands isn't a lot, but it's cool that they even offer the service. Because if you look at it, that's not their core business. But on the other side, if you have range anxiety, which I've already said, I don't think that's a thing that really exists. But if you do, and you run out of uh, energy, electricity, and your battery goes dead, then at least you have a way of charging up, if you're a member of AAA. This service is currently available in Portland, Seattle, San Francisco, Los Angeles, Denver, Phoenix, and Orlando. So, I don't know. I thought that was just kind of neat. Good on you, AAA. So, um, this next one is from Autoblog, Sebastian Blanco. I don't know if you remember, a few years ago, there was a car called the Fisker Fisker. It went out uh I think uh the their big celebrity uh customer was Leonardo DiCaprio, and this car went like thirty miles and then it, on electricity and then it had an internal combustion engine that went um you know however far the gas tank would let them go uh Chinese company, and I'm not even gonna attempt to pronounce the name because I would totally screw it up a Chinese company purchased them. At the time of the bankruptcy for Fisker, uh, I think they had like 20-some, 23 people working there, if I remember right. And uh, the Chinese company bought them, and now they have like 203 people working there. Well, their new vehicle is the Karma Rivero. Um, It looks very much like the old uh, Fisker with some changes. So here's what we know so far. The car starts at $130,000, which is a lot of money, to be honest with you. Um, and I know you're like, I know it's a lot of money, but yeah, so that's a lot of money. Uh, especially when you can get a fully thought out electric vehicle, like a, uh, Tesla model X P 100 D that travels like 289 miles on a, on, um, a a charge, or you can get the model S, which goes over 300, the model S P 90 D, which goes over 300 miles. Um, but you know, it's a start. It's a start for this company and hopefully, um, they'll work their way up to having a fully electric vehicle. Uh, let's see. It starts at $130,000. There are not a lot of extra options, which I applaud them for. That shows restraint because quite honestly, at $130,000, you should have pretty much everything you need. And then don't, you know, gouge people for things. And then on top of that, you're not adding more things to the car to complicate it and make it, you know, a poor bad experience. I'm sure you've purchased something you're like, oh, it does all these things. And it does all of them, but it does it terribly. So I think that's kind of what they're avoiding there. Um, the 260 horsepower turbocharged four-cylinder motor is actually the same one that was in the Fisker uh, in the original one. The new range, it bumped up a little bit. The new range is uh, 50 miles on electric. It goes 0 to 60 in 5.4 seconds, which, um, you know, the Model X, I think, or the Model S does like 2.6, which is crazy fast. But 5.4 is efficient, sufficient for a lot of people. It has a revamped infotainment system. (laughs) And I don't quite understand this. It's got roof solar panels that can generate up to one and a half miles of range a day, right? I don't know if you guys saw the movie The Martian. But that's fine if you're on a rover and you're generating one and a half miles per day and you're trying to get to an extraction point on Mars. But here in, in you know, on Earth, I don't know that, that really does anything. I mean, you know, basically, if you left your car and you went on vacation and you left it in a lot somewhere, then it keeps your car charged. I don't know what else it would do. So that's just kind of... uh I don't know. I don't. I, I, it seems like an ex, a lot of extra money to put on the car, but whatever. Um, next story. Electric, Fred Lambert. Weird, huh? Uh, last month, a Model S caught fire during a test drive in France. Um, luckily, the vehicle sounded alert before the fire actually started, so the occupants were able to exit the vehicle and nobody was hurt, which is great. So there was a man and a wife. And then I believe it was a man and a wife, and then the Tesla representative. They were able to get out uh, before the fire started. After a three week, and I guess the fire. I mean, the the fire was pretty impressive. I guess from what I understand, uh, what the article shows, said, is it basically just melted the car. So uh, Tesla did a three week investigation and determined that it was due to a bolted. I'm using quotes, bolted electrical connection. That was hand-tightened by a human and not a robot. So there's no word as to why this electrical connection was bolted by a human and not a robot. It may have been something that was replaced, and the guy was just like, I'll just tighten this up real quick. Um, I don't bring this up to bash Tesla. Oh, wait, I have a, a quote from Tesla here. It says, usually these electric connections are installed by a robot. But for this car, the connection was installed manually. There was, there has never been a similar incident in another one of our cars. So we don't know why they uh, installed the electrical bolted bolted electrical connection uh, by hand. Um, It's hard to say, but I mean, here's the thing: Um, cars catch on fire. Uh, So I don't, I don't fault Tesla or think that it's bad. I mean any number of, any of my cars can catch on fire. That, that's just, that's the way that you have electricity. In my case, you have, you know, gas. Um, you know, so there's just those two things, you know, to start a fire any number of ways. And in my car, I've got a lot of electronics in the newest car we have. So good God, who knows? Um, there's lots of chances for a fire in that thing. I doubt and it was an expensive car, and I really doubt that it's going to give me an alarm before it catches on fire. So pray to God that I'm able to, if it does happen, it will get my kids out of the car. Nice little feature there, Tesla. Um, let's see. Electric chicken. This might as well just be called the Electric Podcast. Uh, Fred Lambert. Uh, okay, so I'm a big fan of Apple. Apple probably said that before. I ordered the new iPhone last night and stayed up till one in the morning. Um, I am just an Apple devotee, right? So I will, I am unish. I'm not ashamed of it. I mean, I'm not blind to the things that Apple does, but I'm not ashamed. I love their products. So I have Apple watch. I write everything down with a iPad Pro, I have an Apple Pencil, that's how I take my notes for this show, that's how I take notes for classes that I take at work, that's how I take notes for classes that I take at school. Um, So I'm all in. So I love Steve Wozniak. So just recently, Steve Wozniak said that uh, Tesla was a disruptor, and they are. But, uh, turns out, Steve is not so happy with his Model S, and he is trading it in for a Chevy Bolt. Right now, the Chevy Bolt is not in production, But, you know, he's Steve freaking Wozniak or Woz. So it's really likely that Chevy just drove him out a test bolt and they're like, here, what do you think? So uh, Woz thinks that the bolt will solve some of the issues that he and his wife have with their Model S. He didn't really go into what those issues were um, in detail, but he did say, uh, and this is Woz speaking, Knowing myself, it may replace the Tesla. He's such a nice person. Uh, I have a lot of complaints about the Tesla that a lot of complaints that about the Tesla that my wife and I I don't read so good that my wife and I have are solved in this car. And again, he doesn't say what those are. It's not some name where you have to. It's not. It's not some name where you have to take a side. The user conveniences are well thought out, and the functionality is great. I tell everyone that uh, that the most valuable, useful car in my life was the Prius that I drove for 10 years. Sorry, my mic's kind of in the way, so that's, and the writing's really small in this particular article. Um, so we drove a Prius for 10 years. I don't need top-of-the-line luxury. We have a Tesla, but there is... No other EV choice that's good for road trips. The Bolt will need some personal testing by Janet and myself, that's his wife, to find out how uh, it is on road trips. Otherwise, it's what we want. Extra features aren't the big picture, or we would have skipped the Tesla for a Mercedes. So, I don't know. <laughs> I've, I've, I mean, I haven't been in a lot of Mercedes, um, and I don't know how much, to be honest, he paid for his Tesla, but... Um, And the cars that I have been in And the Mercedes that I have been in They're nice, but I think the Tesla The interior of the Tesla is nicer As far as I'm concerned But Anyway, I thought it was just an interesting article Hopefully uh, When Waz does get his Bolt, he will check back in And let us know what he thinks Which I think is interesting Okay So the next one is InsideEVs.com, Mike G, didn't have a last name, VW will preview a long, and you know what, here's the thing, I just stumbled through Waz's statement, and now I'm I'm reading my own stuff, and I I can read it, I don't, I don't, it sounds like I can't, but I can, alright, VW will preview a long range of EVs, excuse me, VW, turns out I can't read, I'm a moron, VW will preview a long-range EV at the Paris Motor Show that's coming up. Uh, the estimated price will be a mid-$20,000. They said that they thought the $35,000 Tesla was asking for the Model uh, 3 was too much. Uh, according to Volkswagen, the car will have a 300-mile range, and it'll be Golf-based. So, and here's the... It'll have a 300-mile range, and it'll charge in 15 minutes, Right? So we're basically, at this point, Tesla's, uh, excuse me, Volkswagen, who I love. I've had two Volkswagens, and I love them. They're awesome. But at this point, Volkswagen's just saying, hey, me too, me too, because the release date for this car isn't until 2025. So in 2017, Tesla's set to release the um, Model 3, and that should be right around, there should be at least one version that's 300 miles, if not all of them, Um, the Chevy Bolt is in that range. So we have eight years and in eight years, they're going to use the golf, which I think is the worst Volkswagen vehicle out there just by looks. I'm not a fan, but they're going to use the golf as their base for this electric vehicle. And in eight years, they're going to have 300 miles. That's a pretty, that's not really, that's very obtainable. And it's not really pushing any sort of envelopes. Now, they might surprise me. Uh, $20,000, I guess, would be pushing an envelope or mid-$20,000. And that's something I can afford. And I would consider it if they put it in a Passat or a Jetta. I'm just not a fan of the Golf. I think it's ugly. All right. Moving on. So this is from Gene over at Tesla Teslarati. I just say that, uh, not that I know the man, it just says Gene. I don't know what his last name is. Get a drink here. My voice is starting to crack. So uh, SpaceX, this has not so much to do, it's more with Elon Elon Musk and not so much to do with the uh, electric cars, but SpaceX Falcon 9 exploded during the pre-launch last week. And it was a pre-launch test last week. Uh, The rocket, interesting enough, was carrying Facebook's $200 million satellite that was going to be used to beam high-speed internet internet to the sub-Saharan to sub-Saharan Africa. Now, that is a bummer. Um, Not to mention, I mean, it's just, that's a lot of of money. That's a lot of money for the rockets, a lot of money for the satellite. It's a lot of time and effort and and energy that people have put in, you know, away from their families, trying to get this whole thing together. Um, And SpaceX is um, investigating the cause. But here's here's the thing. Um, They don't think... Oh, here, I'll just do this. Um, so here's some things from the article. In a series of tweets this morning, Musk revealed that the company was still working on the Falcon Fireball investigation. And you should go online and look at this thing. It's a pretty impressive. Uh, which, according to the billionaire entrepreneur, is turning out to be the most difficult and complex failure we've ever had in 14 years. Um goes on to say the source the source for the explosion was initially sus- suspected to originate from the upper stage liquid oxygen tank however musk suggests that his uh, through his tweets that it could be something else and actually i follow elon musk on twitter and i got this same thing um in a specific in specific he indicated that the engines were not on and thus there was no apparent heat source that could have led to the explosion He goes on to say that the company is trying to understand the quieter bang sound a few seconds before the fireball goes off. And in the video, and you know, I'm going to be 100% honest, I didn't catch this when I watched it, and I've watched it a couple times. But I guess there's something that kind of comes off frame towards the rocket. So I don't know if there's any sort of conspiracy or anything, but I thought that was just kind of an interesting article. And finally, this has been... Here, let's see, almost 30 minutes. So finally, um, this comes from the New York Times. I love giraffes. I think giraffes are cool animals. So I thought I would leave you with something kind of cool about giraffes. Um, I don't love them. (laughs) Like some people are like freakishly devoted to Elvis. That's not the kind of love. I just think they're neat. Um, For centuries, scientists thought giraffes were one species, but it turns out there are four distinct species. And this is according to Axel Janke, uh, a geneticist from the Sekenberg Biodiversity and Climate Research Center in Frankfurt. He and some other scientists got together, and they tested 200 gir- giraffes across the, Africa. And they thought, you know, they thought there was like giraffes, and then there was a subspecies, depending on the part of uh, Africa and the genetic, genetic mutations, there was some subspecies in that. But it turns out there, um, according to Jenke, I mean, I hope I'm saying that name right. Some of the differences were as large or larger than the difference between the brown bear and the polar bears, which, you know, I just thought this was neat. Uh, it's, it's not, there's nothing about nothing in it, as far as the, what it relates to this podcast, but th- that's cool, man, like, every, like, the, when you think of Africa, you think lions, giraffe, the Sahara, I mean, you get that, uh, like, if you're older, like me, I'm 41, uh, you would watch, um what was that wildlife show, holy crap, it had a lion on it, anyway, I'm, it's, I'm blanking, but, like pretty much any wildlife show that talks about, or any show that uh, that has to do with even fictional with Africa, you see a giraffe and a lion in nearly every single like opening shot, right? Giraffes are iconic animals and they're uh, <laughs> rightfully so associated with Africa since that's where they live. Um, I thought it was really cool that, that, These are big, huge animals, and up until this point, we had no idea, and we see them all the time, we had no idea that they were separate species. Uh, That just goes to show that there is more and more that we don't know about the world, and there's still, like, even though it seems like we've got so many things figured out, there are so many things that we don't have figured out, and something as simple as giraffes. We didn't have those guys figured out. We were totally wrong about them, and we're finding out now how wrong we were. The difference between a brown bear and a polar bear, it's pretty significant. All right. Um, Okay, so we are done with the podcast, and I would like you to connect with me on Twitter. It's 918digital at 918-D-I-G-I-T-A-L. You can email me, bodhi at 918digital.com. Uh if you want to call and leave a message and tell me to stop talking about giraffes you can I have a voicemail set up through Google Voice it's 918-401-0071 put you on the show even if it's negative I I, I don't care um I would love somebody to talk back to me so it doesn't feel like I'm just talking into the ether um you could go to kilowatt.bz. And you could listen directly to the podcast there. I don't know why you would though it's just a uh, web <laughs> I know it's just a website set up by the pod hosting company that I use but you know feel free uh, to go in there and you know what here's one thing there's two things you could do and if you don't mind it would really help me out one is leave a review and you know on whatever pod uh, catcher you use or you know, iTunes or, you know, in the Android store, in the Google Music store, or whatever, whatever that thing is called. Um, that would really help me out. I'd really appreciate it. And another thing you could do is just, if you think somebody would like this show, uh, tell them. That would also help me out and I would really appreciate it. And that is it. Again, everybody in the USA and everybody in the Netherlands and everybody in the United Kingdom, thank you very much for listening. Uh, I have an hour and a half to edit this stupid thing and then get it out to you so that it's out on a Friday. Um, although the Netherlands and some parts of the U.S. and the U.K., it's already Saturday. But whatever. I'm going off through Arizona here. Hey guys, thanks very much. Have a great week.